Let's put the rad in radical. If you're looking to expand your life, then you've come to the right place. We're Amanda, Ali, and Reina, and each week we're setting the scene to level up our everyday lives in all areas. Mindset, lifestyle, community, and more. And we want you to come with. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rad. It is week two in my little adventure here living in an RV. And I must say, I can't really believe that I'm in one, nor how much I am enjoying it. I didn't anticipate feeling like I've already lived here forever versus I don't want to go back to my home and regularly scheduled programming. But I thought that it was so fascinating to see how much how adaptable we are. And as people, we really can um, create narratives for ourselves where we forget that we really can um, just enjoy new things and different experiences. And it sparked such a fascinating topic between the girls and I, where we were really noticing those stories and those narratives that I just mentioned of, you know, could I ever, you know, sell it all and go stay in an RV for an extended period of time? Or maybe I can't do that because I have offspring or what would that look like? And what would it mean for work or my reality? And so I, I just would love to know for you girls, because we've talked about this offline, off recording, what were some of the concerns that you would have or some of the things you would love to do and why? Well, maybe start by telling people what you're even doing. If you've missed other episodes, you're traveling Canada in an RV. Exactly. I'm currently in an RV. It's a two-person motorhome. We picked it up in Montreal after visiting my family for uh, three weeks, and we're driving. We're driving back across the entire country to Vancouver, and it's been a wild ride because I've never done anything like this before, and Total transparency, I've never visited the center of Canada or the provinces that are kind of in between, you know, Montreal and, you know, Quebec and and British Columbia. So it's just been a really cool experience to do this, especially with a man muffin who's um, foreign. He's not from here. So he's like, if this is my home, then I'd like to discover what it looks like all throughout. And that's what has led me here. How far is it? So this is about 4,500 kilometers in distance, the drive, like 5,000-ish. Um, it's definitely a long haul. It could I'll probably... have to Google that and yeah. <laughs> miles for our U.S. people. Yeah, it's definitely no small trek. And so we have knocked down seven or eight days of it so far. And we have another three-ish, or no, sorry, two and a half-ish weeks to go. So, you know, we have time to linger and kind of get to explore different cities. We've been camping out in Walmart parking lots. I am currently recording this with a Starbucks Wi-Fi and or we've been in campsites where, you know, we've had to dump our own sewage tanks and our water tanks and sleeping with thunderstorms and lightning surrounding us and swaying the whole motorhome. So it's something I've never done before, but it has been so fascinating to see the conversations I've gotten just by sharing this journey on my social media and it hasn't been limited to my social with strangers it's all also been right down to my girlfriends so that's that's where we are I have so many questions so many questions including like are you terrified to sleep in an RV in a Walmart parking lot (laughs) that's a really good question you know I thought I was gonna be terrified and look full transparency I was a little bit at first until I realized how many motorhomes are just parked there with families 
or oldies who are just like getting out of their house and their regular routine and doing this because you're permitted uh, Canada across the country to spend a night in Walmart in the parking lot. And so it's kind of like freedom camping in that way. And so, yeah, it's just been kind of like this mindset check of just because I've never done this before doesn't mean there isn't an entire niche of people who do this like this is their jam and it just showed Will like Will and I how freaking inexperienced we are we have made so many mistakes we have had to laugh or we'll cry like there was a crack in the sewage pipe for drainage like oh my god there's all we couldn't start a fire and a nice man from the other neighboring campsite was like here kids let me help you and he helped (laughs) us start our fire we were like sitting on the ground everyone else has camp chairs we're just inhaling the fumes from our campfire it was so rookie and it's all been so hilarious and yeah so I would say definitely the Walmart parking lot has been better than anticipated for sure and how far along are you like let's put in also the caveat that you're also packing a baby I am packing a a human person and I am currently six months pregnant. So I'm at week 26 of my pregnancy. This little cutie is bouncing around, keeping me awake at night as well. More and more activity going on. Um, And I will say that there have had to be modifications that I've had to do to navigate my body that's literally preparing to birth a person like it's all started while we rented this rv it wasn't necessarily something i it's not something i didn't anticipate but because i've never been pregnant before i didn't understand even with all the reading what it would feel like and so things like tailbone issues I, you know, I'm sore because all my ligaments are moving to literally open my pelvic floor to birth a person. And as a result, my ass is really sore. I'm fucking sore. And you're sitting in an RV. And I'm sitting for up to like seven, eight hours a day in the passenger seat of this RV. But you know what I bought? You guys, I bought the sexiest possible thing. I bought like a fluffy ass donut to sit on and it was in like the old person section in like Walmart (laughs) and so it's just this ass cushion for you know people who need softer cushions for you know their their bottom what can I say and I've been rocking that yeah a little butt protector protector. yes my friend yes well you got to do all these things all the little details for comfort yes I mean all glam I like are you guys also I mean Amanda, I've seen the RV. It's it's very practical, right? You've got a box type RV, um, it driving inside the RV, all that sort of stuff. But I know Reina and I are slightly obsessed with the people online that are that have like renovated these RVs. Slightly oh is an understatement, right? And they've got their own plants, and they've got yeah. you know they're making matcha lattes in the middle. Like I mean, online they make it look beyond glamorous. So yes. I'm wondering. And again, you've got a cracked, cracked sewage pump and stuff. <laughs> but what is something that has not been glamorous that you're like, actually, this has been kind of hard in the last two weeks? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. And and I do want to bring attention to that. Like the motorhome life gets a really good rap online, doesn't it? Like all three of us are totally obsessed with like that renovated school bus with like the laminate flooring yes. and like the marble kitchen, all that shit. Like trust, I'm, I'm one of them. I think it's totally stunning and I would aspire to do that in life. But first of all, that's a, that's a level of motorhome RV experience that I certainly do not have so know that that would probably take time to build up to something like that I just rented one so that's like the max (laughs) that I I knew what to do but 
there are, you know, really unglamorous parts of it. And of course, I have been enjoying sharing those things. Like I shared how we emptied the toilet and it's just, everyone was like, wow, is that how? Like people find it educational, you know? But one thing I will say that just happened last night, actually, that has been less than, than IG glam has been oh, last night we were closing up. We're in this massive wide open pull-up camp spot at a campground it's pouring rain, thunder and lightning. I'm talking this light show like you couldn't even pay good money for it to see how excellent it was. And the bus or our motorhome was just right in the center of it all. And we turned off all the lights and we opened all the blinds just to watch the lightning strike. And we looked at each other. We're like, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, this is beautiful. Hearing the pitter patter on the window, on the roof, all this. And then we went, got ready for bed. Well, Maybe an hour later, this rainstorm was so fucking intense. The whole RV was shaking from side to side. He's still awake. I'm like, hold my hand. I'm a little afraid. <laughs> the lightning is so close. We're literally in the middle of this thunder and lightning storm. Neither of us are sleeping a wink. You have to remember, it's also hot and humid, but you don't want the windows open because you're charging your electronics and stuff. You don't want anything to short circuit by accident. So windows are closed. We're basically hotboxing this with just heat and humidity in here. Like I'm drenched. I, I'm soaked from head to toe, not sleeping at all. And we were awake all night so i drove oh, no. here the reason there's this coffee in my hand is a hundred percent because i did not sleep at all all night and then little person here decided to you know have a uterus party at like three in the morning so at 5 30 i said fuck it and i got up and i went to do a workout because i'm like i can't i if i you know if i'm not going to sleep i might as well be productive so that was definitely like one thing where it was like oh rainy romantic thunderstorm nights are so cozy this and that and then no, it was so the opposite. We're like, can it stop fucking raining now? We're over it. We just want to sleep. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's funny. I have a, a bestie who her and her then boyfriend traveled Australia in a small van. And so oh, they wow. were surfing everywhere and they would just sleep and they would both work there. And I was like, honestly, that looks like the most bomb.com life that I could ever have. But here's the change is they got pregnant, had a kid we've had kids and that dream has kind of kind of gone because for me and I know that like this is you know part of it is like you can do anything and I had that attitude so Amanda like I am not squashing anything because if you want to rock this with your kid before I had the children um I, I that's where I was but once I had a child and it was three o'clock in the morning and they were screaming the last place I wanted to be was an RV. I needed right. the comfort of my house <laughs> where I could also just melt down and be like, oh my God, this is so hard. But I also have friends who lived on a boat with a baby, right? Like, I mean, I think to myself, maybe I should have done more. Well, Do you think you'd miss something though? Like, like, what would you guys miss if you got rid of everything in your house that's like a standard size and your vehicles and all of that stuff like this life and then like think of transitioning into that like RV life or even like a tiny home like we were talking about before it started recording like what do you think you guys would miss the most I think space space uh, yeah I think I might miss space because this has been really something that isn't out of the ordinary for us like we literally lived in a 300 square foot studio yeah. together and worked and did everything in that but 
uh, it has been nice to since then have gained a larger apartment, right? Like we've enjoyed that and it's been really nice. So I think for me too, space might, might be one of those things as well as I, I, what has shown and proven to be a challenge as well has been if you don't have an address or whatever, then you need to park this thing somewhere, right? Like you need to keep it someplace. But then if you want to go into a city, like if I wanted to go into, you know, downtown Montreal, I can't bring this. I would need to have a car. I'd need to be able to drive. So it's like, there are still because lots of like of parking car- and stuff or what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there are bylaws that we didn't know about, right? Like you mm-hmm. need to be able, you cannot park uh, something that's seven feet or longer, in a downtown core for some cities and things like that in Ontario that was one of the issues as well so yeah like there's just there's things like realizing you might have less stuff but there's more there's other logistics regardless so um I think that there's pros and cons to both what do you think you would miss well I I I, I, here's my curiosity question I just have to know all the details of this question of dreaming before I answer it am I am I am I single Am I <laughs> me and my partner or is it my current life with two small kids? It's your current life. Current life. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I have a four and a five-year-old. I There's yeah. no way that I could contain them to a small, tiny home. Um, I would, I would love to think that I could, but I also, I need some separation. We are just now, like this morning, we are working on them being self-sufficient to go give mommy and daddy some space. We have their cereal laid out and they can just kind of have a snack and have a yogurt and go and do your coloring just to give us like an extra 10 minutes to kind of lay down together. And and I don't know that I need everybody still on top of me um, for the next couple of years. (laughs) See, and I just got off of this like kidcation where I didn't have kids for two weeks and I'm like, please cut. What are you doing? Where, why are you sleeping in? Do you want to come hang out? Do you want to help me cook breakfast? Like, what do you want to do now? You know what I mean? And I'm like, please be on top of me. Please be, <laughs> on like, top please of be me. everywhere around me. Hang out with me. Tell me everything. Well, because but- we were going to do this. Like we, I looked it up at like world schooling right mm-hmm. before I actually met Chad and we were going to travel and I was literally going to like Airbnb hop for like a month at a time, small Airbnbs, like sell everything. And I wanted to do that so bad. So, but it's also like my kids are older and we could have had more flexibility and freedom and we wouldn't have been on top of each other. And then like, it's kind of like a meet in the middle, I guess, of what ours would have been like. But I don't know, just the thought of like getting rid of everything and having like a small little spot that you have to take care of. Like that to me just sounds so glamorous. Well, it is a helpful thing to realize what you need and what you don't. And I think clutter is such a powerful topic. Like it's something that I'm really obsessed with uh, over the last few years. And now, especially as this little, you know, cookie is joining our realm is you really don't need most of the things that are even in your closet, let alone your entire house. And I did do that. I lived in about six Airbnbs before I moved into the apartment that would become our first apartment. Um, I sold everything I had. I rented a really small storage unit for my bed, a lamp, a chair, and a couple of other things. And I completely got rid of the rest. And I lived in Airbnbs for a while. And I realized that you know, everything that I thought I couldn't live without was something I had forgotten I had even owned. So Mm. it's powerful to recognize the mental 
weight of the physical stuff in your house that you don't even recognize takes up prime real estate. It's like sitting down for work and having a really messy desk. It's like you can't even focus on the work because you're like, oh my God, this isn't tidy. Like you can't even focus, right? So it's like, imagine just having a house filled with floors and floors and floors of things. So you don't need to, I'm not saying this, that you need to go sell your house right now, go downgrade everything you have just to sell. But I am saying if you feel like that could already just be a little bit of what lightens your load and sets you free, then don't wait to move to declutter and get rid of some stuff. Cause I'm telling you, it will feel so amazing. Have you seen the show on, I think it was on Netflix. It's that minimalist. Yes. It's yes. like the two guys yes. and they like go around talking and I watched that. It was like a docu-series or documentary or something I watched on Netflix this weekend. And he talked about that, how so much of like our stress and anxiety and like irritability and like mood and all of these things aren't necessarily impacted by like something going on, but it's like, look how much shit we have around us and like how much busyness and like overwhelm and like just stuff. And there's this like insane clarity and freedom when you just rid yourself of it. And so I don't know, I just, I talk to Chad all the time. I'm like, I, my 10 year plan is like, yeah, cool. We'll like rock our jobs and like get all these cool things. But like, I want a tiny home. If we have a house somewhere else, that's fine. I want a little tiny place where I can retreat to and just escape. You know what I mean? And I think that's hashtag goals. But yeah. I think maybe does it come back to what, what's her net, what's her nuts, Marie Kondo or something. Mm. And it's like, you should be able to go through and say, does this bring me joy? If it's a yeah. no, get rid of it. Because yeah. I love this minimalist, um, tiny home living in an RV type of idea, but I have there, we're a family of four. That means there's four bikes. Now, as the kids get older, those bikes are going to get bigger because that's part of our lifestyle. Like I'm not going to have kids with no bikes. Is we there also room have- on the RV for bikes? Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. So we, stack, okay. so we stack the bikes. Okay. Uh, this is the year that we're going to start skiing. That's very mm-hmm. important to me. So that mm-hmm. means four people, four sets of skis or snowboards. That's a lot of gear. Yep. Surfing. Surfing is very important to me, which means there's gear. So when I look at all these sort of things, I think to myself, okay, well, I would love to go through and just be like, you do not bring me joy. Goodbye. You do not bring me joy. You're just here. But I also know that there are some pretty big ticket items that I need to have that would not equal an RV or tiny home life, but yet they bring me joy. So I need to know where is my middle ground? Maybe it's a vacation thing. You need a garage next to I, your tiny A hundred percent. I have a friend whose husband um, went over to a, uh, you know, his buddy's house and in his buddy's ha- garage, he parked his car and he was horrified. He goes, you parked your car in your garage? This is a gear den. What are you doing? You don't park a car in here. And I had a huge laugh out loud because, you know, I think, oh man, that like, you need that garage for extra space for all your gear. Well, that's, I think an alternative is, is something like a storage unit that could be where, you know, if let's say you were choosing to live smaller, I mean, not maybe in this case, because you have a a large space that accommodates for all those things. But if you were ever looking to explore an RV life where you're like, yeah, I have the same four pairs of shorts, the same six t-shirts and seven underwear, and I'm good to go and rotate that. But everything else, like the it it sounds quite seasonal, right? So there's going to be months, especially here in Canada, where you'll need the surfing gear, but then there's going to be months where you don't. So that can be where you put that away. And then you'll need the snowshoes and you'll need the skis, but you definitely won't need like the, I don't know, scuba diving stuff, right? So it's like, 
you could find an RV that could accommodate for those things, but you're, you're lugging around something quite heavy. And I'm realizing now the heavier your unit is, the more gas it's going to eat when you drive. And so, you know, having something external of some kind of storage unit could be helpful. And I don't think it is limited to only if you're choosing to live an RV life either. Like I'm looking around at the things that we brought and I'm thinking back to the clothes that are sitting in my closet and I can barely remember what they are. Yeah. Like, I don't care for them. I don't, I don't even miss them right now. So to me, I'm going back home and I'm looking at what I did pack. It's about a suitcase and a half worth of stuff for, for two months of travel, basically. And I'm like, what can I get rid of? What's the first donate thing I the can rest. donate? Yeah. Like I have been donating bags of, of things for months or selling things or, or whatever. And I can't tell you how much better it feels than to keep seeing it in my drawer, knowing I haven't touched you in a year. There was that, what's that? It was called like, is it the three, three, three challenge that they called it or something like that? What's where that? you had, it was a challenge to have 33 items and wear them for three months. So you could have like five shirts, five pants. That includes accessories. That includes purses and shoes. And so 33 items in the challenge was to wear it in three months. So the three, 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 that was on that minimalist show. And I was like, that's interesting because I have the same thing. Like I remember backpacking in France and I took like three tank tops and two workout shorts and like did my laundry in the you know in the river and it's like that's all I fucking needed I came home and you're like well why do why do I have all this stuff yeah why do I have all this stuff yeah and and sort of to touch on what Ali mentioned just the Marie Kondo thing of like does it make you happy to own it or is it literally just collecting dust and taking up mental and physical space in your environment so you know Ali you mentioned as well that you know you're four people right I am curious because while on this trip, I have seen majority four people at every campsite. I'm talking kids whip out those their bikes. The bikes are hitched. But every morning at 7 a.m. because kids are just fucking vibing with energy, right? Like they're on the bikes. They're already all through the campsite zipping around. I've seen mom and dad, mom's hanging clothes, dad's emptying the sewage. Kids are around and like kids helping with the bucket like they're. It's such that a is well, heaven. It's so crazy. I'm and I'm inspired because I'm like that is a well-oiled machine. That is a fa- those are those kids know more than me. Like they know what's up. So curious, what makes you feel like that is an absolute impossibility if you haven't done it before? Is that not something you you feel you could train or transition to even seasonally, even if it wouldn't be full time? Like something you'd do for like a month, let's say. Oh, uh, like let me just clarify it. Of course, I am now at a place where with a four and a five-year-old like we were gonna we were gonna camp and we've got another vacation coming up and we wanted to rent an rv and we're thinking about buying um a trailer yes so that we can you know drive from here to disneyland or something like that but in all honesty for me um in those early days i didn't just have one child and then i waited three years i had them 15 to 16 months apart yeah my hands were full and the thought of hanging laundry was not like there was I did not have room because I was either feeding or somebody was screaming or there was poop to be changed I had three jobs for for probably two years with two very small humans and I would love and it actually like I know I shared uh, with you girls and I think I shared it on this uh, podcast at some point um we had just had Charlie we had Sasha Sasha was I think maybe like 11. Oh, I don't even, I don't even remember. She was like around a year. A blur. <laughs> I, it's all a blur. But what Charlie, day is it? <laughs> yeah. Where am I? Uh, 
but Charlie was my youngest was just a couple months old. And I, you know, had all these dreams, just like you guys, I wanted to still live the outdoors lifestyle. Exactly. I saw other families doing it. And I thought, man, you know, how could I, I've got to be able to do this. And we went to a very small campsite uh, and I had the girls and they screamed the whole night. Mm. Like I almost, I'm almost crying right now because it was, it was absolutely torturous. Yeah. And I was in a tent with two kids who screamed, screamed and screamed and screamed. And I was trying to breastfeed and then give the other one a bottle and, Ben and well, and I it's are... not like you're probably the only person on the campsite either. So you're like, right. I feel bad that my kids I feel are bad and the kids yes. are screaming. And then finally, maybe, I don't know, one got to sleep. And then er- the sun comes up at, you know, 530 and one woke up and then woke the other one up. And I just looked at Ben and I said, we have to pack up and go home. I can't do this right now. And it just was not in my cards. Um, it's incredibly hard when you hear somebody screaming a lot. Yeah, it is. It is torturous and it was very very difficult and the last place I needed to be was in a campsite and I applaud I see people online who are living the RV life with kids and um, now that I have a four and a five-year-old fuck yeah I'm gonna be in that RV life but I will tell you in those early stages because I chose to have kids close together right um, just because of age and all that sort of stuff I was like we got we got to go. It was just hard. <laughs> it was hard for a couple of years. Yeah. And that was not the extra hard I needed in Here. all honesty. I don't need any extra hard as a mother. I need it as easy as possible because I'm already tapped. Yeah. Well, and then you add the heart of RV life. Like that's yes. not an easy thing either. You, like I'll let alone what, adding kids. Oh my God. A sewage pump breaks. I, <laughs> this is not the time. I don't out. have time. There's no, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. My, my question. I, I have another question. What are you eating? Because that would be like my first yes, yes, yes. Second question, bathroom situation I need to know also because that would be my second concern. So what are you eating? Are you finding it harder to kind of, I don't want to say on track because like we say fuck the diet culture, but like to your feel good food. Like how are you feeling while you're- Are you cooking? Are you cooking more RV or are you eating out? Because I would think the door opens to eat out a little bit. I forgot you could cook on an RV. I know. Yeah, we can. I mean, if I can show you really quick, but like we have the gas stove and the full fridge, like right there. Everything is absolutely stocked with food. So it's no different to being at home. Like, yeah, it takes a little bit more preparation, mostly because you're, you're like, where is the next grocery store for the next 750 kilometers? Like, like that can make it challenging. If all you're doing is looking for a gas station, sure. You're not going to find the veggies or like maybe the things you're used to eating. But if you're, you know, making a choice to decide to stop for, you know, let's say, Walmart or you go to the their local grocery store and you stock up on fruits and veggies and you have your fridge then yeah definitely I will say that I'm not doing a ton because when we're driving the fridge is not on it's just maintaining with whatever previous cold it had from um the uh, from being charged or plugged in through gas the night before so during the day like we can't have too many fresh fruits or too many fresh vegetables whatever we have we need to be eating right away 
And that helps us make use of every dollar that we've been spending. Like we haven't wasted a single thing from our grocery list that we bought. It also does open the door for eating out because if I'm tr going to different cities, I want to try the thing that they specialize in. I want to go to the top rated restaurants in the city. I'm a foodie yeah. and it it's part of food is not just fuel for, for me. Food is not just loading up on nutrient dense shit, like, which don't get me wrong. I love to eat that way. Food is also pleasure. Food is we also party with food. We do. Oh, yeah. The three of us, we we <laughs> go hard. You know, like the three of us can have a really good time, and I, I enjoy that in my relationships with women because otherwise you're counting. Otherwise yeah. you're obsessing. Otherwise you're like, I really should instead just eat the green pepper. When you're like, but I know that this you know, veggie pizza is definitely where my heart lies, and this place is the best reviews, and I'll never be here again. So it's kind of like. What are you doing to make sure that your experience includes the culinary in a way that adds value to your trip, but also doesn't make you feel like shit? Because that is true, too. If all we did would be to eat out, I would not feel good. Mm -hmm. I am also pregnant and already not feeling a thousand percent myself. So I need to put the ball in my court and do my best. So superfoods are still happening every day, like fruits and veg as much as possible, you know, granola bars or um, cooking in as much as possible, right? Like these are, it's definitely a balance. None of it is perfect. All of it is what I've designed. And I think that's what makes me feel the best about it. Hmm. Love that answer. What yeah. about the toilets? Let's go back what to the toilet. toilet? Scene. Yeah, what about toilet? Yeah, what about the toilet scene? Like, so there, like do you sit comfortably and release a number two in an uh, RV? I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna go with a full yes, yes. Mm. It's clean mm. in there. Like I'm feeling good. And let me tell you something. If you have to go, it doesn't matter. You're going to go. Like that's just what I've realized. Like if we've, you know, if tank has been almost full and we can't use this, let's say, like if we're at a national park. I'm going like there is nothing more painful than having to go to the bathroom and not going right. Like, have you ever had to pee so bad and you haven't gone that you're like, Oh my God, I'm sweating. The, yeah. The pain of this sucks. Like you just, you cannot deny your body that release. And so uh, that'll happen no matter what I have made peace with that. I backpacked through Southeast Asia for two months about five years ago and that ship sailed back then. So I am totally fine with it. But RV speaking, there's a washroom in here. It's equipped with a standing shower. The bathroom is lovely. And, you know, besides the fact that you have to manage the sewage yourself, like that's, of course, the shit sandwich you have to eat with doing something like this. That's, literally. you know, yeah, like literally, but you don't, yeah, so far it's been great. And I, as a pregnant lady, to have a bathroom where I'm like, pull over in that ditch. I've got to pee. You guys, there is no price you can put on that sort of a luxury. I'm telling you right this second. Like, it's, it's, you know, just to be able to pull over and do it, it has been so worth it. Isn't it amazing how fast something can become home? Oh, like, yeah. like, I think that that's such a, we hold on to the places that we think are home. Yeah. But within a few days of sleeping somewhere, doing something like, you know, whether now that like me and my family, we have gone camping, we are at an Airbnb, we've taken an airplane, like, you know, those things do come back. And I think that those old thoughts of, well, this is my home and this is where I need to stay safe. You know, you realize that how quick you actually don't, uh, home is where the heart is, right? Home That's is the where way your people are. Yes. yes. Yeah. Home yeah. is where your people are. Yeah. But I, I think that Ali's right. It ties in so well to how we kickstarted with we're adaptable. Let that be your affirmation for today. I am adaptable. You can navigate every um, 
you can navigate every single unknown that you are going through at this moment. You can shift mold and change so that you are doing it in your power. And you don't need to feel like you need to be trying to do it perfect because if there's one thing van life has taught me and my best friend Katie mentioned this, she goes, you'll soon realize that van life rarely anything goes according to plan. You're going to be finding yourself having a challenging time, um, figuring out where you need to go next. Things are going to break down. You guys might argue about silly things. The weather might be really poor. You just have to realize that you can navigate whatever comes your way. And hopefully this has been a really great way to help spark some creativity and maybe some self-reflection. Where does the decluttering need to happen? Where are the, the narratives that tell you you can or cannot do this? And where is it okay to just say, I'm actually cool right where I'm at and whenever the time comes, we'll, we'll navigate to the next step and next phase. But until then, let us know, share your feedback, share, comment, like, tag a friend that this episode reminded you of and send it to a friend. Um, and we will see you on our next episode of Let's Put the Rad in Radical.